So the technology actually doesn't exist. So it's it's wait, it's, wait, it's wait, the technology. William, here is the technology. I've asked you to simply make it smaller. Okay, sir, and that's what we're trying to do, but honestly, it's impossible. Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave! With a box of scraps! Well, I'm sorry. I'm not Tony Stark. back to after the podcast the official podcast of the form rpg after the fall uh with me as always are my co-hosts laz kg and ob hey. Hi. hello what's up what's up so this what's is going hey, on? We're, we're doing a real episode yeah we're doing a real episode this is the first <laughs> week where we're gonna actually get into like our our main focus of the podcast which is getting ready for infinity war in may so Yay. Yes, every week we're going to be going over one of the MCU movies. Uh, this week we're going to be working on the first Iron Man movie, and every week we plan on watching a new, no, not a new, but re-watching one of the old MCU movies and deep diving into things that we rediscovered the first time around and some things that we've loved in the past, and yeah. Spoiler alert, um, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nine-year-old spoilers. Nine year old, yeah, but uh, yeah, I figured we just get right into it. So, um, just to get some background, let's do a quick synopsis of it, and let me see uh, who wants to do it. Laz, you want to give a description on what this movie is about? Okay, I can do this. So basically, we come into the movie with the understanding that Tony Stark is a part of the weapons manufacturing. Uh, company. He has uh, contracts with the military to make all these weapons, and he ends up going out to I think it's Afghanistan uh, to show off uh, the Jericho missiles, and after showing off the Jericho missile uh, the envoy ends up getting attacked by the Ten Ranks. So Tony ends up kidnapped and they're demanding that he make uh, more of the Jericho missiles while he's being uh, held there, and a lot of the time, like, he's almost dead. Uh, Ginson is the only reason he survives, because Ginson makes, uh, this, <laughs> poor Ginson, makes this, uh, battery that helps keep the shrapnel from his heart, which is keeping him alive. So when Tony finds that out, he's obviously distraught, and, um, they start talking and going through all of that, and the Ten Rings come in and keep demanding that they start building things, so Tony finally has enough and starts building something, but it's the first model of the Iron Man suit, and him and Jensen are working on it together, and he finally does get it built, and it's built based on the power of the arc reactor, which is a smaller version of what was made for uh, Las Vegas and um, Los Angeles. LA. LA. Yeah, it's LA, not Los, An- Las Vegas. LA. Vegas is where he got his award <laughs> yeah. in the beginning of the movie. You're LA right. is where his Stark Industries right. is located. It's one of the L cities. <laughs> I'm not American, bear with me. <laughs> oh, that poor Canadian. <laughs> so um, he does all of that and he ends up escaping, but Yinsen dies. Uh, helping him get out and a lot of it actually funnily enough he ends up escaping and everything and doing all this and he gets back to america 
where he doesn't know who he can trust, and he's back on the plane and pretty much trying to stay low, but he makes a press conference without talking to any of the board of the directors, and he ends up upsetting them all because he's like, we're not a weapons company anymore. Which, at that yeah. point, Obadiah is going, excuse me? Yes, we, we are. We should mention Stain, who he is. So Stain is a good friend of Tony's dad, and um, after... Howard Stark died he kind of took over the business until Tony was ready to to leave the business so he's kind of like um right hand man to Tony Stark Obadiah yeah. Stane is um for all intents and purposes he became Tony's father figure after Howard died yeah yeah so um he does that press conference and everything and he's still staying low and he spends hours and days and weeks working on suits because he's refusing to go out in the eye of the public, and he just wants to spend time doing his own thing. And then at one point, he uh, he's listening to the news, and he hears about a village being attacked and back from where he'd been kidnapped, so he decides this is the perfect time to try out his suit. So he ends up going to this village and saving the people there, but uh, the American military think that he is a bogey of some sort and they want to take him down before he becomes a bigger threat because they don't realize that it's an actual person flying this piece of machinery. So they think it's an unarmed uh, little jet. And mm-hmm. uh, so they're really trying to shoot it down. <laughs> so they're, you have the scene with the two fighter jets chasing Tony, trying to shoot him down, and Tony escaping them. And, and Tony calling uh, Rhodey. Rhodey. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part when he's calling Rhodey and he's like, so, we got a problem. It's me. <laughs> yeah, hi, Tony. What's up? No, no, it's me. <laughs> it's I'm me. the thing. Please don't order me. Yeah. So that part was really funny. And so eventually they get back and um, the Ten Rings want to follow through with how the Iron Man suit was made. So they go through the desert. And they're looking for everything in there to make their own suit, but they can't figure out what's powering it. So after Obadiah talks with Tony, he figures out that it's the arc reactor. And so Obadiah is doing his own stuff in the background with scientists pretty much being like, if Tony Stark can do this, then you should be able to do this. And... (laughs) <laughs> I find that scene so funny because it's like if Tony Stark can do this in a cave in the desert, then why can't you? Right. Yeah. Like that is such one of the iconic lines in the whole thing. Um, and it turns into this thing where Obadiah outright betrays Tony. Like he rips the arc reactor from Tony's chest to leave him there to die. And Tony almost does die. It's only thanks to, like, uh, I think his dummy pushing the glass container with his previous hurt to him that he which, survives. Which he'd even told Pepper to throw away, but yeah. she didn't. Yeah, he told Pepper to incinerate it, and she gave it to him as a gift saying proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we have Pepper to thank for Iron Man. Yeah, for yeah, Tony even being alive. There you go, Kate. Uh, you win win, Kate Um, so that turns into a huge fight because Obadiah is going he's going to kill Pepper because he finds out that Pepper knows everything and Pepper is going to shield with all they know so they're going to arrest Obadiah Obadiah? Obadiah (laughs) I just added the last name and the first name Obadiah let's just call him that from now on Obadiah 
And so <laughs> he gets into his own suit, and it's like this big clunky suit, and he's so proud of it, even though it's ugly as all hell, but... <laughs> yeah. So they end... It is. It's huge and bulky. So they end up having this huge fight, and um, Tony tells Pepper that she needs to overload the large uh, arc reactor and blow everything so that they have a chance to kill Obadiah. Because Obadiah does a chase with uh, Tony into the sky, and uh, Obadiah is bragging about how his uh, technology is superior in every way, and Tony's like, so what did you do for the ice problem then? And um, <laughs> Obadiah ends up freezing over and falling back to the building, but he doesn't die, so yeah, Tony's urging this arc reactor blow up even more now because he's like, we need to go before he murders like us and sells the technology to the Ten Rings. And so Pepper does blow it up, and Tony's kind of caught in that, but he survives, thankfully. And that's pretty much the movie right there. And then he tells everybody he's Iron Man. Yeah, then well, he's, yeah. yeah. He has Shield makes Iron a couple appearances in, appearances in there. Yep. Uh, Who does? But that's the movie. Shield. Shield. Yeah. With Bill Coulson. Uh, Mr. Coulson. Yep. Yeah. Agent Coulson. The iconic. Coulson. The iconic. Kim would kill me if she knew I called him Mr. and not Agent. <laughs> <laughs> the iconic... Uh... Nick Fury scene at the end of there. Oh, yes. I did watch all the way to the end of the credits, even though I've seen it a hundred times, uh, <laughs> to watch that scene. That's pretty great. It is. Damn, it really yeah. is. That was very, very detailed. Um, very detailed summary you had there, Laz. Uh, not, I, I was trying to catch somebody off guard, but you did quite well. Um, anyways. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, when did you watch it, Laz? I watched it Friday? Okay, so, so like yesterday, two or three yesterday, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, Saturday. Nice, yeah. Okay, I watched yeah. it on Monday, so. <laughs> I had to rewatch it because I was like, I can't say this off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I figured maybe we uh we talk about maybe does anyone have any like special memories about watching Iron Man for the first time? Oh so uh, uh, so my favorite. <laughs> I'll never forget this line from the movies. When I was watching it, I was in the theater, and uh, right off the bat, this line has always stuck with me, and any time it goes, it's when he gets back, and Pepper and him are in the car, and he goes, I need two things right now. Uh, oh God, one is a American-made cheeseburger, and the other, there's no time for that. It's just, it always stuck out to me as the perfect quintessential, like, yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. I love that line. And then too. they get there, and he has the two cheeseburgers, and Obadiah's like, "Did you get me one?" And, and he's like, "No, there's only one left, and I need it." <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Oh my god, that's great. Yeah. That's so great I was not interested in Marvel when this movie came out. Okay. Yeah. No. So I don't even know that I saw it in theaters. Like I don't have memory of seeing this movie for the first time because. I didn't care about Marvel <laughs> until Avengers. So, like, Avengers will be my big, like, this was my moment when I realized it was cool. Um, but Iron Man, like, I didn't even know who he was when that movie first came out. Well, now that's something, did. yeah, a lot of people don't realize it. Like, before 2008, Iron Man was, like, B-list, C-list. Like, like, when he was in, the reason that, like, the 2008 Iron Man seemed so natural to me, at least, was I was a big fan of the Ultimates, and in the Ultimates, he was literally a carbon copy of Tony Stark in the movies, because um, the Ultimates is what they based a lot of the MCU on. 
Yeah. And uh, so to me, it was like it felt so natural. But I wasn't a big comic reader before that. So like Tony Stark was just it, it, it wasn't nearly as like huge in the, in the comics. Yeah. So he yeah. wasn't the popular character he is today. And think about it like he built the MCU basically. Yeah, what we're at right now. Did you know that it took 20 years for them to make that movie? They were in like in discussion to get that movie made. It went through like four different studios before Marvel decided to do it themselves. Really? I'll find yeah. I'll do it myself. And thank God they did, right? Because think about what it, everything would look like if they hadn't. Dude, all these what ifs, man, like crazy i think one of the main reasons i mean like there's nothing that was like this movie like it didn't have really have didn't really have a script you know it didn't like it didn't yeah you know, it didn't have a script like and they just like they weren't like building like they weren't they didn't make this movie with the intention of building a universe around it they just put in these references and people were like really liked it and they're like well why not you know yeah yeah crazy shit Last, do you have any, uh... Okay, so when this movie first came out, I was 14 years old and in grade 9. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I was married for two years when this movie uh, came out. So, um, <laughs> I remember, actually, in my city, they used to have, like, this midnight movie thing where they would literally play movies all night, and it was just a bunch of high school kids. And, oh <laughs> yeah, it was a mess. And, um... Iron Man was one of the movies that they were playing, so I remember sitting there for the first time, and I'm like, I have no freaking idea what's going on. So I'm just staring, and I'm like, this is really cool. And um, later, I ended up talking to my mom about it, because I guess she saw it with my dad, and she's like, honestly, I saw it because Robert Downey Jr.'s hot. And I was like, (laughs) good conversation. (laughs) I loved the movie. Yeah. Laz, I have a question. You're really into the comics. Yeah. And Trevor, I know you're really into comics, too. So did you guys love Marvel before you saw Iron Man? Or did Iron Man kind of make you think, like, maybe I should read these comics? Uh, Laz, you can go first. Okay, so I really got into Marvel in 2015. And that was after I uh, did a lot of research for Captain America movies, actually. Because Captain America was what got me into Marvel. So after uh, Winter Soldier, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to read all these comics so I can be caught up for what happens in between Winter Soldier and Civil War. Yeah. And that's what really got me into it because I was like, I want to know more about what happens to Bucky and all the Avengers and do they split up? What happens? Yeah. So it wasn't so much Tony as it was Steve. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um... When I was a kid, well, I still am a kid, but like when I was a lot younger, when I was like yeah, in you're like elementary school, middle school, seventeen now, right? I'm nineteen. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I took the bait. I hate myself. Um, <laughs> um, Good job. No, I um I was really into Justice League. Like I love DC. Um, oh. I was a huge Flash fanboy. Um, and I watched all their animated stuff and. I I pride when I when I was old enough to you know do online research on my own I would look up c- comics because like I could never have my own comics, not like my parents didn't like deprive me but like I just never saw the the point in buying all these books when I could just research all these different stories, and mm-hmm. so um, yeah so I was really into DC and then I didn't actually see Iron Man when it came out I um, you first... were like too young right. Yeah, I was a little too young for it. Um, but the first one I did see was Captain America, the first Captain America. And then I was like, wow, 
and I like Captain America was like my man. Like I loved him, and I was like, wow, Marvel's really cool. So then my I was like, I went back and I watched Iron Man, and I went back and and I and I, I never actually I did uh I could say that for next week though, but I did never saw Hulk until like literally like this year I saw it. Oh no, I still year. haven't seen it. So when we do it next week, like I'll, it'll be brand new for me. See, I think that's so crazy because like. As much as Iron Man was really cool when I saw it, like mm-hmm. I'm a Hulk Wolverine guy. Like yeah, to me, I was so anticipating the Hulk. And don't get me wrong, like a lot of people ch- chastise that one, but like I guess like you know, obviously the tables have shifted. The characters are different now. Like and you know, the obviously they're not going to make another Hulk movie per se, but I don't know. I remember like like even hearing you say that like in the different experiences is just so yeah. mind-blowing to me. Like, so that's like, the Edward Norton one, right? Are we on yeah, the right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I was on the same page. Yes. One thing I think that everybody always complains about with Marvel movies is their villains. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm a simple to please guy, but Jeff Bridges, to me, I think, who plays Obadiah, mm-hmm. who, by the way, they nickname, his nickname is They Obi call him Obi. Thing. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> I, took, I think I took a picture of it and sent it to you, Obi. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but... The um, I actually, and again, I know he was like a one and done, like big bad, you know. Well, just mm-hmm. you know, but I really think that he was, and I again, people can disagree, but I I enjoyed his presence in the movie. He's a really like talented actor, so he he just really fell into the role. No, like, he even did. if it was a simple, yeah. Like I think it's an underrated role. Yeah, I think a lot of it actually for Obadiah was it was more of an emotional role because it was literally having your father figure try to kill you to take everything home. Yes, agreed. So that had more of an impact. Plus, and yeah, and, and he really, and again, maybe it's because it's Jeff Bridges, so, you know, but, like, he always came off as, like, this guy who was like, hey, Tony, you know, what the heck, man? And I, I was worried about you. And then it's like, ah, you jerk, I'm going to kill you now. Like, don't. Like, yeah. I you think served that, your purpose. Uh, I think that there's, like, nowhere, not a single person in this movie was miscast. Like, the casting was on point. For everything, oh, yeah. like everyone was like yeah. really the roles like so, they fit them so well. So it I I don't want to interrupt KG, but ironically, obviously we'll talk more about this when we get to Iron Man two. But as much as Terrence Howard worked for me, I just want to say that oh, I yeah. ended up enjoying Don Cheadle way. Oh yeah, yeah. Don Cheadle Howard, hundred percent screwed the pooch on this one. Which like. And that, but he, but he, I mean, he still was a great actor for the role. Yeah. And, and like all that, but it's just like, I just want to put that out there that you're right. Like he was per, he was a great person in the role, but like. No, you're right. It, I, I didn't yeah. even think about that. Cause like, while I was like, I'm looking back on my memories of this movie and I just realized that I was just thinking of Don Cheadle in the role the whole time. I know. Yeah. Was... So speaking of casting, I actually did some research and found out who all their considerations were. So do you want to hear who your possible Iron Man's could have been? Oh yeah, let's hear it. So I'm going to save the best one for last. Uh, Clive Owen was an option. I'm going to start Googling. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. He's from uh, <laughs> Children of Men. Um, Timothy Oliphant. Really? Nah, nah no way. No. Sam Rockwell. He's end up being um, Hammer. Um. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that. Was I've heard of that one. That's Tom funny. Cruise was considered. No. And you also, 
So, so I know I don't, I don't, I don't want you to stop, but like I could see Tom Cruise in this role, and I know it. Like obviously, in hindsight, fifth, nobody's better than RDJ, right? But I could actually see Tom. I could playing. see Tom Cruise in it if Tony was ten years older. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, so the last one, and I think the best option besides Robert Downey Jr. Uh, was a. Uh, Nicholas Cage was considered for Iron Man. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> that would have been so funny. So RDJ was actually chosen because he best embodied, and this is what um uh why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Who's the what's the director's name? Oh, John Favreau. John Favreau said he chose RDJ because um his life also emulated Tony Stark in a lot of ways and you know the roller coaster that his career was but also that because he best embodied a lovable asshole and he thought yeah. that he could pull that off. Yeah. He really yeah. does. Considered for this is interesting for you Trevor which you've seen Doctor Strange, right? Me? Yeah. Yes, I yes, I have seen. <laughs> because I thought you said you had you didn't see it for a long time, uh, so I'm just making sure. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. When it came out, I didn't get to see it for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for Pepper Potts, Rachel McAdams was their first choice, and she really? turned down the role. Really. Wow. And I think it's interesting that she's now in Doctor Strange. Um. Rachel McAdams. Because it just kind of like. Yeah, well, no, she wasn't Pepper in Doctor Strange. No, I know, I know. You know what I mean, though, right? I, yeah, I was... yeah, but she was considered for Pepper. Wow. That would so. I mean, that would have been okay, I guess, but... She would have been good. Turning down the love role to go be in a smaller love role. Yeah. <laughs> right. You... Well, it kind of shows you that it's kind of like, if I was an actress and I turned down a role in the very first Marvel movie and then was offered one later, I'd be like, yes, cast me in a second. Don't even pay me. I just want to be in this franchise. Yeah, and like uh, that, uh, it it brings us all back to that Terrence Howard thing. Like, right? Like you're not playing a huge role, so it's probably not nearly as much work. You get to be a fucking superhero. You get to be like one of the most influ, like one of the most memorable black superheroes. Like, it's just, yeah. it just strikes me as dumb all around Terrence, and arrogant. Terrence Howard got paid the most on the first Iron Man movie, right? Yeah, well, and then he wanted more money for the second one, and they wouldn't give it to him, and so he dropped out, and they cast on Cheadle. Yeah. Yeah. And then and Terrence then, Howard went on to make his own math, right? Then he like have that that thing where he's like, "This is this is not real math. This is what math looks like." Who knows, man? Crazy guy. But I'll take your <laughs> word for it. So there's another actor that I thought was really interesting. Um, that scene that you were talking about, Laz, with um, where Obadiah's like Tony made this in a cave with scraps. Oh yeah. The scientist he's screaming at. Uh, is actually one of the producers. Really? Have you guys seen Christmas Story? Uh, yeah. Oh my God! It just all came back. That is that is Peter Billingsley, who is Ralphie from the Christmas Story. Oh Oh my my God! God. (laughs) Yeah. So now, when you watch it, all you'll ever see is Ralphie saying, "But sir, I'm sorry, sir, I am not Tony Stark." (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. That's uh, pretty cool. Did you guys know that the uh, Captain America's shield is in the movie too? It what? Where? Yeah. It's, it's in the on, second one. I know that. It's on Tony's desk in his workshop when Pepper comes in and sees him trying to get out of his armor for the first time. Is it like uh like is it like the full vibranium shield or is it the one from Iron Man too? It's uh it's a the shield that they're trying to he's trying to like build it. Let me find a picture of it. Um. 
That's crazy. Man. Yeah, they they really, I mean, I guess they really just, like, somehow, like, accidentally stumbled on the perfect formula to make, to build this cinematic universe that nobody else has ever been able to recreate. I, I already pulled up a picture of it just for anybody. Yeah, else. I have it right here. Oh, thank you. It's right but, behind um, him on his desk. I see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one from Iron Man 2, isn't it, too? Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it makes sense considering his father in this lore, you know, obviously created. Yeah. The real one. So, does anybody... No, obviously I know we're about to get uh, shafted into next week if we say this, but does anybody have anything they didn't like? Oh, um, okay. So, it did... I'm not saying it was bad in this movie, but it did start the trope of evil, like, counterpart to superheroes. So, like, we have... In this movie, we'll have the evil Iron Man. In the next movie, we'll have the evil Hulk. And in Black Panther, we have the evil Black Panther suit. You know what I mean? It, it's <laughs> like I, while it's, I agree with you, it it definitely didn't start the trip, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, it carried it along. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that it aged well. Like you can really, you know how some movies are kind of outside of time. You can really tell that this is 2008. When really? in the, so. well, especially in the beginning when he's in the Humvees. Like, you look at him and you're like, this dude is a douche from the early 2000s, clearly. So, one thing I had a huge problem with, and if you go back and see it, maybe you'll think, agree, but for some reason, uh, Agent Coulson's suit is like five sizes too big. <laughs> yeah, he looks like <laughs> a goof. It is so funny. <laughs> I, I remember actually... Um, you mentioning that I was like, "Thank God for Agents of Shield. Someone helped him get a suit that fits." <laughs> he got a tailor. <laughs> Agents of Shield really turned him into a badass, and he was just kind of a lovable goof before, you know. Yeah, collecting his Captain America cards. Yeah, I mean, he did have a pretty badass moment, like in Iron Man, where because they keep pushing him off, you know. But then uh-huh. in the end, he's like, "All right, uh, time to get down to business," and they blow a door. But then that's all they do. But still, no, absolutely. There was, how, okay, so here's a continuity thing that I'm still trying to figure out. How did he avoid getting fried on the roof at the end with Obadiah? Like, how come, um, His ego what's it called? Him. Yeah, like, how come he didn't get hurt when she blew up the arc reactor? Arc reactor? Honestly, I'm not sure. While I uh, research that, uh, <laughs> we should bring up the Stan Lee cameo. I believe it's a, oh my gosh, it's Hugh? a Hugh Hefner. He's here. Oh, he's pretending. So I'm rewatching the scene. It looks like he falls down, like past the shooting point. Like he falls down into the room that the arc reactor's in. And and he's hanging into it? No, no, and to the side. Out of the blast radius? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's on the roof after. Like he's back on the roof. I mean, he could have always crawled back up, though. Oh wait, maybe. Oh wait, yeah. I'm actually looking at that now. That's a that's a pretty big uh, plot hole. Yeah, this whole universe is a lie. I'm just throwing it out there. Listen, Trevor, this is real. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm and I'm saying that this whole thing has been a farce for the last nine years. Like, no, don't say that to me. It's real. So that so that is weird. So his suit, he gets hit by it, but he gets thrown. Yeah, and he's not thrown that far, but Obadiah gets killed. Right. 
I don't understand. Maybe because Obadiah's suit is like anchoring him down and he can't leave. And I'm just Iron Man wondering. Just got thrown. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just wondering faster. if it's like um, a different material used because Tony at one point does make a comment about the material where his is like a titanium alloy. So it has yeah, more protection than what alloy. Obadiah's does. <laughs> so guys, welcome to the podcast where we pull apart the movies and <laughs> destroy them on a base level. <laughs> so listen, I will say this though. And actually, after I finished watching it, like I got a phone call from Kath, who's like my best friend and she's also on the board. And um, I was telling her, you know, I just watched Iron Man again for the for the podcast. And I was like, even after nine years... I still immediately wanted to put on Iron Man 2. I still immediately was like, I'm not ready for the story to be over. Give me the next one right now. Yeah. And I think that is something that not a lot of movies do for me. But mm-hmm. these Marvel movies, I always want to keep going. You get to the end and you're just like, no, 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 no. Give me more now. <laughs> I, th- I think one of the reasons, and again, obviously we're going to always talk about this theme when we talk about Iron Man, but I think one of the things, so like, for example, somebody will be like, you should watch this show. And I'm like, eh, but like, I'll always watch Marvel because I'm so in, I've invested so much into the series, Mm -hmm. into the movies that it never feels like a waste of my time because I care about this universe because I, Mm -hmm. and I think that's why shared continuity is going to become a bigger and bigger thing. And I think that's why like, and again, some people will complain, but I, 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 I think maybe that's why people are so drawn to these. This like, like you said, kid, you like the idea, like I want to go to the next one. You want yeah. because you, you care about the, the story. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like I just watched Circle, right? I just watched right. the, the Emma Emma Watson movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It ended, and I literally felt so null and dull, a void. Like I felt like I had missed something, or like it wasn't complete. But that's mm-hmm. it. I just feel like I wasted two hours of my time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. Like, again, like, I was excited for, you know, Tom Hanks, but, like, but with these movies, even if, the Iron Man 2, it's bad, it comparatively, people will say, but, like, it's still part of the universe, so you still care about it. Like, right. I don't know, it's just... No, I'm with you. I follow what you're saying. I follow. Um, so, one thing I, I want to talk about is two things. Is uh, One thing is, fight scenes, to me, are interesting when you take a character out of their element. So, for example, the final fight scene with Obadiah, Tony's missing, like, a bunch of pieces. Like, just like when he fights Bucky in Civil War and Steve. Like, when he... Some of the fight moves, like, when he pops up and, like, fucking, like, punches him. Like, it's just... It's not Tony blasting from the air. It's Tony fist fighting. Yeah, because he doesn't have any power in his suit anymore. And, like, when he... When Obadiah starts shooting his machine gun, I love when he opens up the forearm and, like, blocks all the... Like, it's just so... Like, it's visceral. And it's better than, hi, I'm Tony Stark in the air. I'm going to shoot you with lasers. It's more like he's fighting for his life. Yeah. And it's... I like it. I like it. And I, like... So I just wanted to point out how much I enjoyed that... Those scenes. Um, I don't really know how this would fit into this, but I wanted to also bring up the parallels with mentors between this... And, uh, like, uh, for instance, we had... Actually, I do have a parallel Yeah. So for like, this. The parallel with, like, a mentor in, in like, this Iron Man and in, for instance, uh, Captain America. And I had another one, but now I can't remember it. But, like, Captain America, you have um, Dr. Dr. Um, Erskine. Erskine, yeah. And in this, you had Jensen 
and they both like give some really good advice. Uh, Jensen's mm-hmm. quote where like, um, he's Tony Stark's something like about he only has like a week to do this, and he's like, well, this is a very important week for you, isn't it? Like giving him that kind of advice, and yeah. and Erskine giving Captain America the advice that, you know, like how to how to behave himself. I don't know. It was just. I think actually that was the same one I had, but I think a lot of it, um, not to over Trump what you're saying, but a lot of it had to do with each person seeing more than what Tony and Steve saw in themselves. Because a lot of Dr. Erskine, he saw that Steve wanted to protect people. He wasn't someone that was doing this just for himself. And uh, with Tony, uh, Yinsen had the connection where they were talking about family, and he's, Yinsen saw with Tony how much that meant to him. Family meant something to him. So both of them played off very uh, integral parts of their personality and it motivated them into acting and becoming the people they did become. Yeah. Yes, and I like that they bring back Jensen for a little cameo in Iron Man 3, which he mentions in Iron Man 1. So I was going to say that, like, I, because I can't remember, I have, like, I watch a movie and then I immediately forget about it. But Mm -hmm. so they do bring up Jensen again, right? He's in the beginning of Iron Man 3. Because he he tries to talk to him, but he's, like, drunk. Yeah. I, um, because the scene where, you know, Tony has a week you were talking about mm-hmm. and he says it's a very important week for him and all that but um he also goes on to like tony wasn't gonna do it at first he wasn't gonna do anything because his whole thing was they're gonna kill me if i make it they're gonna kill me if i don't make it i'm just not gonna do anything yeah. and um jensen was like do you want this to be your legacy like this is how it ends you're just gonna give up and let them yeah. win and that to me that is what made tony into iron man yeah i think it was that Yinsen is really the yeah. motivator that that mm-hmm. changed Tony. Um, and when he goes and distracts him and Tony's trying to get him out and he says, you know, my family are already dead. I'm going to go see them now. Like, that was gut-wrenching, but so good because this man's, yeah. like, last act was to saving Tony. a yeah. douchey stranger from the United States. Like, like it was just, it yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. That's actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, because Tony thinks that his family's alive, right? So he's like, "Well, no, you can't do that." Nansen's like, "No, I finally get to see my family in heaven." Yeah, and when you when you know that going into the movie, and you see him talking about, you know, he Tony's like, "Do you have a family?" And he's like, "Yes, I have daughters, and I'm gonna see them when I leave here." The man was already resigned to death. Yeah. And when you know that watching the movie, it it really changes it. I agree. I would agree I as well. I, I agree. Uh, I would... Same as like knowing that Obadiah is bad, watching the whole movie and knowing that he's a douche yeah. in the end. So does anyone have, unless you guys wanted to touch on that a bit more, um, does anybody have any favorite quotes? Yeah, I was going to say, like, let's bring up some favorite quotes, favorite scenes. Yeah. You guys um, go first. So I'll start us off. Uh, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite scenes is when he's talking with Pepper, and Pepper is like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Uh, when when he asks her to go hack Obadiah mm-hmm. at the thing, and he's like, you know, you sat by while I've been, I don't know the exact quote off the top of my head. I, I failed, guys, sorry. But <laughs> he basically, you sat by while I benefited off of this, but now that I'm finally doing something, you want to walk away. And it was just like, you can just see, and Gwyneth Paltrow just nails it, and she just like, all right, all right, you got me. Like, and it was just a really great scene. 
That is some um, good stuff too. I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I think one of my favorite parts is where Tony's reading the newspaper and he's going Iron Man. That's kind of catchy, but they got they got it wrong because it's actually gold titanium alloy. <laughs> <laughs> Only a science would science yeah. Game yeah. do that. I was gonna say I loved the interplay between Pepper and Tony in any scene in this movie. They're all they're pretty yes. Good. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I won't dare say it in public in a Discord chat with Kate, but I think, I think <laughs> was a great choice for Pepper. That she really was because I think she kind of can embody that like slightly uptight, but also, um, you know, has adapted to go with the flow because her boss is so insane, woman. Yeah. Um, that I think Pepper is. I could be totally wrong, <laughs> but no. um, she definitely portrayed that yeah. way in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so my one of my favorite like what I like when I was rewatching this, I was like, damn, like I wish that we could like reference this or come back to it, was like Tony's like like his the sequence where he was like becoming Iron Man, um, just like him like after he comes back and he's like start he has like purpose and he's like I'm going to make this suit and it's he's like originally he didn't want it to have weapons but then I guess like obviously it, it ended up having weapons. Um, so, like, the first suit-up scene where he's, like, in the black, like, uh, he's wearing the all-black, that's, um, no, not the silver, like, when it's When he's wearing the, the... The black bodysuit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The latex. Yeah, the latex. Not latex, but the spandex suit that he's wearing under the suit. It's very, like, reminiscent. That's, like, how he does it in the comics as well. Uh, they don't Mm. really do that as much anymore. But, and it's just suiting him up, and he's this guy, got this determination, like, he, like he just wants to right, like, all of his wrongs, like, some good shit. Yeah. That's good. I think uh, my favorite part is, um, and so, you guys will learn this about me as we go through all these movies, but the parts that always stick with me the most is whatever makes me laugh the hardest. So the part where Tony, um, and Rhodey are talking, and Rhodey's like, how am I supposed to explain this this jet that you just destroyed and tony's oh like God. just say it was a training exercise and he's like it's not that easy my husband like walked up behind me right as that scene was playing and he goes he um like quoted it as terrence howard said it like it an unfortunate training exercise and we were just howling like even though we've seen it a hundred times like it's just so funny and perfect um that's yeah, like that's one of my great, favorite parts that's a great scene yeah <laughs> isn't that the usual bs you guys say <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> an unfortunate training exercise uh, happened yesterday, and it was very funny. Yeah, um, so clearly, obviously thinking back on it, it shows that I at least knew something about Marvel going into this. But when I went into the movie and when they introduced uh, Rhodey, uh, listen, I'm not going to be able to tell you Rhodey's middle name, but I knew that Rhodey would eventually be War Machine, so at the end, when Tony's outclassed, like basically he's about to go fight Obadiah, and Rhodey turns to look at the silver. He goes, "Keep the air, um, keep the skies clear." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he looks yeah. at the silver thing. I remember in the theater going, "Oh!" And then was super disappointed when he goes, uh, "Next time, baby." <laughs> and it was like, "Fuck!" Because they didn't really have the upset. budget to do two of them. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think was... my husband picked up on that because as we were leaving. When we first saw it, he was like, War Machine. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? What's Marvel? And like, he's, he's... <laughs> but it was, That's it was funny. funny. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. The, um... Go ahead. No, no, go. I have nothing. 
<laughs> Brought to you by I have nothing. But uh um I think really just generally it was a fantastic film. It Nick Fury showing up is and again, remember I told you guys I was into Ultimates, so when Nick Fury showed up as Samuel Jackson, I was like, Oh shit, that's the motherfucker from the comics and I was just so pumped. Yeah. That was uh, Yeah, that was so that was good. good. Yeah. That was like the beginning of this big huge thing that we all love so much you know yeah. like i think about that and like that him turning around and being like you know i'm the director of shield i don't think i could have ever imagined what my life would look like in nine years and the amount of time and creativity and thought i've invested into this world this thing that all started with that one scene of samuel l jackson turning around and inviting you know telling iron man you're an idiot you're not the only <laughs> but one let me help you <laughs> but yeah that throw i like awesome. that uh, oh sorry go ahead no i was gonna say how about that um vision uh obviously as jarvis this is in uh, the first appearance and then oh uh, dude I, lo- I i forgot how much i loved uh paul bettany's uh jarvis and in this movie especially like i was like damn like i uh, low-key like i love vision and Friday's good, but like this original, like Jarvis sounding with Paul Bettany, I was like, damn, I love this. Paul Bettany said when he um, was interviewed about this movie, he said he had no idea what he was filming. Um, he just went into a studio for two weeks, read some lines, and like got a paycheck and went on vacation. He said he felt like he'd robbed them. And um, he didn't even see the movie until it was out. Like he never saw or read anything about it, he didn't know what Iron Man was. And now look at him. Now he's yeah. vision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think even they knew what they were getting into when they made this movie. Oh, 100% I had, they did not. They, I think they had the idea and they wanted it to be a thing, but I don't think they had any idea that it would be as successful as it has been. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, that there's that yeah. throwaway line because we were talking about the Nick Fury one setting it up, and that throwaway line from Coulson when he's like, um, he says, "Oh, you're not the first time we've had to deal with something like this before. Let us do our mm-hmm. jobs." And I was like, I was like, damn, what does it mean? What does it mean? But like, honestly, it doesn't. They like when they wrote it, they like it doesn't mean anything. Like, <laughs> is this the movie? Is this the movie where he says, um, "I have to go deal with something in New Mexico"? No, that's uh, that's Iron Man two. That's during Fury's big week. Um, which is which Isn't, is, and that's the one when they're like referring to Thor, right? Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. Right. No, yeah, yeah. The throwaway line that was just like him saying, because like Iron Man was like, not Iron Man, Tony Stark. He was like, um, you want me to say this was a bodyguard, which is like, which is like a common thing that they did in the comics, right? Like I'm pretty sure Peter Parker said that Spider Man was his bodyguard, and I think it was also used as an excuse for Iron Man in the comic books as well. Laz, mm. is that right? You were correct. Yeah. So, like, I was like, oh, ha uh-huh. Obviously, I didn't get it back then, but now, looking back on it, when <laughs> yeah, I watched I it, it the second time, I was like, oh, I get it now. Um, yeah. But then, um, and so, I just thought it was funny in it. And people would look back on it, and they're like, oh, they're referencing Captain Marvel. Kevin Feige knew since the beginning <laughs> this was going to happen. And it's like, no, guys, like, no, nah, it's not. He didn't. <laughs> 
but yeah it's pretty great yeah it was just their kind of attempt at making the world seem more in more fleshed out out, but i don't think they knew so i do have one question for obi okay um in the movie obadiah uh comes back from new york and he brings tony pizza from ray's pizza yeah yeah so that's a place in new york there have you been ray's pizza yeah, so it's an actual restaurant. John Favreau references it in um, Iron Man, and he also references it in Elf, the movie Elf with Will Ferrell. Um, and so I was wondering if you've been to Ray's Pizza. I have not, but now I think you've just been so we, in the line. So we may up. need to do a little meetup at Ray's Pizza and have the same pizza Tony Stark ate. Courtesy right. of Obadiah. This is such a bunch yeah. of nerd, nerd, only nerd things. <laughs> Hi, I'd like the Tony Stark special. <laughs> Obi has to buy it, though, because Obi brought it to Tony. So. Oh, shit. I'll do it. That's a deal. <laughs> you heard it here on the podcast. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'll do it. Obi, Obi, Jabroni will buy the pizza. <laughs> oh we God. have it on tape now, guys. He said he would buy us pizza. Yeah, we do. <laughs> no backing out. I mean, that's kind of like need necessary anyway. As the Jersey guy, I need to give you guys a piece of New York pizza. I know, right? I'm down for it. I'm ready. No, it's going to be so great. It'll be so fun. Oh, my God. We can't fanboy over it. Not now. This is not the time or place. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> okay, Dad, sorry. No, <laughs> this is not the time or place. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay, cool. Um, so I actually don't know a lot about Tony Stark's origin from the comics. Um, Laz, do you know anything about it, really? Um, I mean, a lot of it was about the same. I know a lot of people prefer uh, different versions of Tony. Like, um, there's so many comic arcs that ran with him. Um, that... Doesn't one of them make him like an alien or something? Yeah, yeah. they retconned it a bunch of times. I know that like now he's like not even he's like he's like an adoptive child now. Like he's not even uh yeah, like he's not actually Howard and Maria's kid. He was adopted. So I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think that proves. So there's always going to be people. Listen, there's people who will never join an MCU site. Yeah, because they prefer the comics, and mm-hmm. I probably have read more comics than most people in this chat. In this four, I'm not saying that's actually really a thing. Maybe Laz might have me beat. Listen, but, I've read way more comics than you. Yeah, okay. Come by. <laughs> but I feel that comics begin to suffer. And again, this is not me shit-talking comics. I'm saying why I might prefer the movies. From a bit of um, convolutedness. Like, oh, he was an alien. No, now he's adopted. No, he was mm-hmm. here. No, it was all because of this. Whereas I feel the movies have this very simplified, followable, like anyone can kind of relate to a son who's lost his parents. Like, but and again, I'm not talking the comics. I'm saying, but like I think that's maybe one of the reasons that the MCU seems to be so successful mm. because it's it's easy for people. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right with that because a lot of the comics try to diverge where it's like. Uh, Tony's not really relatable. He's just an asshole who wants his way and does things without asking anyone. But they don't give you the actual basis stones, like a solid backstory of why he's like this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And I think another thing that the comics do, and I'm speaking as someone who doesn't read comics, um, but you get different writers, and then, mm-hmm. like we were talking about, like the character's entire story changes. And yeah. so... 
um, like I think of Bobby Drake, who's been a character for forever. Mm-hmm. A new writer comes in and it drastically changes his, like aspects of his story that were not relevant before, that are relevant now. Yeah. And people are expected to just adapt their understanding of a character based on this one writer's feelings. And so that can be difficult if you're trying to pull so heavily from comics that change so often, depending on who's writing the characters. No, you're very much right with that, because, like, I even noticed that, um, ironically, with Doctor Strange, was he's vastly different in the comics to the movies, so Mm -hmm. Uh really, it's just a choice of what you prefer. Yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. I'm a simple, like me, I'll, like, again, I might get chastised for this, uh, but I prefer Game of Thrones, the show, to the books any day of the week, and I Oh, no, same here. Don't let's see here you say that, but I 100% agree. Right. Like, they're so convoluted. Like, there's so many extra subplots. And again, yeah, that medium is probably perfect for it. I just find a simpler, more streamlined story. Lord of the Rings. Tom Bombadil. I remember reading about people being so pissed that he wasn't in the movie. Mm-hmm. I've read those books. Tom Bombadil adds, in my opinion, nothing that the movies needed. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. But it's all opinion. But... Um, uh, he talks about uh, in the movie. I will say this: went the press conference. He talks about never getting to say goodbye to his father. Yeah. And uh, I just and that ends up leading to like some of my favorite moments. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I told this to Kath the other day that my favorite moment is in Iron Man Two when he says, "My greatest creation will always be you." Oh. And yeah. Like it, oh my god, as a dad. Oh, I love that. Me. Yeah, it murders my soul. <laughs> soul dead. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. It's just really good stuff. And you yes. can say whatever you want about the big Disney machine, but I'm glad that they have Marvel, and I'm glad that that Marvel Studios now has the resources to do the things that we love so much. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's only getting bigger, which is crazier and crazier. I know. And to think that we may be losing this character that has literally been with us for nine years and so, so a couple months like it's quite possible that you know what i'm saying he could be gone yeah. yeah so interestingly enough that's where i'll say that movies are weaker in a way that we might lose tony stark in these movies because the actor is older now and the actor mm-hmm. probably eventually wants to hang up his hat whereas a comic character can stay young forever but i also think it it adds it adds another it humanizes yeah. them yes it makes you remember that you have to appreciate it now yeah like right. like i think i got more interested in wolverine's comics right before he died because i knew it was going to be over yeah yeah and again obviously i knew he was coming back but you get what i mean like it was so much more interesting knowing that the end is coming right mm-hmm. like yeah oh man God. I don't want to talk about the end, you guys. Let's not talk about this. <laughs> Let's not depress ourselves. <laughs> Honestly. But listen, okay. that's why RP sites are great, because we can keep that story going. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and... Actually, not true. I'll be aging all these characters shh. up every year until no, they slowly... Shush. Until Eventually. they all die. <laughs> until they all die. <laughs> that's why I invested in I play Logan. <laughs> oh, my God. You pick someone that ages slowly. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, so. doesn't. That's funny. <laughs> Trevor and Obi just playing their young uh, Stephen Strange and Wolverine forever. Yep. yep. It's okay, KG. <laughs> All our characters will die. That's fine. That's totally <laughs> yeah. fine. 
Yeah, Peter Quill ain't Actually, anymore. Rogue will live forever because she'll just steal a little bit from Wolverine every time she starts to feel a little old. <laughs> nope, you're cut off. <laughs> cut off. No more. <laughs> no more of that good Wolverine juice. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. That should stay. That needs to stay, Trevor. Can you can you can that stay and can you put like a <laughs> sound effect, please? <laughs> I'll just put like I'm gonna save that soundbite that Obi just made, and it's just gonna be whenever something happens. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my yeah. gosh! Um, that was wow. Yeah, so good um, pull for Richard. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just pretend like it didn't happen. Okay, so um, do we have any more things to add about Iron Man? Iron Man's um, pretty great. I, mean, I think that these podcasts will blow up exponentially as soon as we get into the bigger to the movies that <coughs> are connected <laughs> everlastingly. Yeah. Yeah, like timeline. Oh, like, a cough like, on a podcast. Who doesn't? Are like we gonna that? go? Are we gonna go viral? At least you're not eating a cracker. Ooh. Oh, we're going viral. <laughs> Savage. The shade. Iron Man's great. It was a lot of fun. It was a great intro to. Um, How to romp? What? Yep. And I'm gonna warn you that uh, for next for the next podcast, uh, I'm actually about to give you guys a homework assignment now because okay. I'm gonna br- I'm gonna bring it up 30 times. Oh, so no. just anticipate it. You have to watch 2003 Hulk before and the 2008. I have to watch two movies this week. Yes. Mm, I remember the 2003 two one like shitty. off the top of my head, so that's okay. Two shitty. Hold on, is movie. one I... one has Eric Bana and one has yes. Edward Norton? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I saw okay. the one two thousand. Th- I thought I saw the and keep in mind I was like fourteen. I saw the two thousand three one six times in the theaters. It it oh, is like. to me one of the most. It is not an MCU flick for sure. It is an artsy. Oh, definitely not. But but we are gonna be talking about that on the Hulk episode. I don't care who. You, you know are. what though? For oh, its God. time, it was really good. Yeah, but we'll talk about all that then. Yeah, uh, I've never seen any Hulk movie ever, so. Here yeah. Yeah. yeah, honestly, like that, the first time I saw, uh, we don't, we'll save that discussion for later. Um, oh, sorry, I just dropped literally everything. Good <laughs> job. It sounded like you dropped a guitar. I dropped, no, I dropped. Uh, I was playing with my watch. I have a guitar. And I dropped it on like a metal thing, and it just cascaded You're, down. This is crackers this is really good and watches. <laughs> oh my this gosh. This is good content for the podcast. I'm, I'm Tell glad. what you dropped. I'm just trying to fill so we can get to an hour. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, so I don't think we're going to be doing any recap this this week because this was also recorded the same week as our uh, as our uh, yeah the other the other recap. So just go back and watch that one. Um, the end the end like 25 minutes is what happened this week. Um. Yeah. So next week we are going to be do moving on to the Hulk. Um, we'll have a special guest on. Uh, let's not spoil it just who yet. Who is? Who is? Wait, we don't want to tell who the I guest know, is. I, get him it doesn't really matter. Who I is? guess I'll just. I'll just. Let's talk about who our guest is. Who's our guest? We have Jack. Jack, Jack is signed up. Oh yep. God. I, I don't know. I don't know if Jack will do it, but we'll try to talk him into it because he—I think he said he didn't want to. So we'll see. Oh, uh, we'll you'll have to—you'll have to sweet talk him, Obi. Oh God. I'm, Obi's I'll just, got this. I'll just download Grind. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm just kidding. Zinger. Okay. Cool. Um. So yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, make sure to subscribe to iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, and SoundCloud. Uh, 
post will be up every Saturday or Sunday, whatever day I finish editing it. Um, and yeah, uh, we hope to see cool. you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Later. Sorry.